Hello and welcome to the Property Roundup here on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we chat to industry experts to get a view and activity on the ground and to learn about new trends emerging. This show is sponsored by DAF.ie, Ireland's most visited property website. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Mary Conway, Chairperson of the Irish Property Owners Association and Judge at the National Property Awards 2024. Mary, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Carol. Nice to be here. Uh, so, Mary, you, you're a regular guest on the show. Uh, we've spoken to you in the past about your own business, uh, Janice Estates, where we've talked about right sizing. And it's something that's particularly topical at the moment. Uh, most regularly, we talk to you in your capacity as chairperson of the Irish Property Owners Association, because we know that this is such an evolving area of policy and legislation. We we need to tap into you and your membership um, to understand what's happening on the ground on a regular basis. But today, our focus is slightly different. We're going to talk about, you know, I, I feel like we address the challenges a lot. Today, we're going to talk about what's good across estate and letting agencies and across the property industry in, in general. And we're doing that, speaking to your to you in your capacity as judge at um the Business Post National Property Awards. And they're coming up at the end of this month, February 29th in the Intercontinental in Dublin. So Tell us first, how did you come to be involved in the National Property Awards? I don't know. I got an invitation out of the blue last year to do it. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I felt completely out of my depth. Um, and then I was kind of surprised when I was asked back this year, but delighted to do it because you can just kind of get focused on your own area in the property industry, which is a state agency or letting or block management or whatever. And there's so much good out there that you really don't know about until you actually go through all the submissions. And there were some amazing submissions. And the really nice thing this year, I think, was there seemed to be more um, more applicants from around the country. So, you know, it's not just the Dublin Property Awards anymore. It's, it's the All-Ireland. And I know it's been the National Property Awards, but I think sometimes people down the country feel, you know, Oh, I can't go up against the Dublin boys or whatever. Um, and they're doing really nice things and really great things on the ground. So lovely to see participation from around the country. Uh, do you know what? I, I completely agree with you. I feel like I spend all day, every day kind of dealing with some of the challenges and the the negatives, uh, you know, some, some of the more challenging aspects. And yes, my day job is to try tell the good stories mm-hmm. around... Mm-hmm. Um, Placemaking, planning, property, um, construction, the delivery of great projects. And we have so many good stories to tell that sometimes it's actually quite frustrating for me that uh, you could have six good news stories, one negative news story, and it's a negative news story that carries. And, you know, so it's something that I've always been aware of. And uh, for that reason, um, when the the National Property Awards started a couple of years ago, we were asked to get involved in the inaugural awards and we said, yes, please. And we grabbed the opportunity with both hands because I'm so mm. I feel so passionately that, you know, having been in the industry for now 23 years, I really feel like I'm aging myself when I say that uh, now. But, I, you know, I, I feel like we've come through a lot. And one mm. of the things I've noticed, and it's true across property and construction, maybe even more uh, so through construction, that since the crash, I feel like the industry has been a really poor advocate for itself. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, standards have improved. It's so tightly regulated. And yet we sometimes allow negative perceptions to prevail. Um, I think the industry has just been really poor at advocating for itself. And we saw that change, you know, particularly in the construction industry. 
um, you know, where capital projects uh, running over budget times um, that these these negative news stories go unchallenged. And actually, then when we look behind the scenes of that, we see, OK, well, there are project changes. There are contractual changes that feed mm. into things like this. And only last year, the RTE with their expose on how property developments are stymied by essentially false and corrupt objections. I think that was a real eye opener for the general public. And yet nobody in the industry was surprised. So is it a case that we have just essentially allowed ourselves to be almost misaligned um, and reputations really um, put out in such a negative way since the crash? I, you know, and, and, and I'm asking you this, I suppose, in your capacity of the Irish Property Owners Association, you work with a huge number of landlords and yet landlords are leaving the industry because of um, so, so many reasons that we've discussed in the past. But it's an industry that has never been celebrated, certainly not in the past few decades. I, has it ever been celebrated in Ireland for the service they provide? I think not. Not. Um, we had the IPOA was 30 years Um since its formation last year. And we had a lovely lunch um, back in the autumn. Um, and it was a really nice chance for members to get together. Now, we do have AGMs and we have meetings around the country and all the rest, and everybody's in at seven o'clock and they've gone out by nine o'clock. But this was really nice. We had some really good industry speakers. Uh, we had a lunch. People stayed on afterwards for talking. But for the most part, you know, landlords are afraid to put their face over the parapet and say, look, I'm a landlord, because there's so much bad press about it. And I just know from my work with landlords and as an agent, there are some amazing landlords out there with fantastic properties. But you only ever hear about the, you know, 30 to a house or whatever, because that suits some people's agenda. So, you know, what struck me about the awards um, and I wouldn't know a huge amount about property development or building of estates or whatever, but, you know, it was very much, I suppose, when I was buying a house 30 years ago and you bought in a new estate, you bought a new house and you were in an estate and you probably moved in with other people who were starting out for the first time and you grew as a community yourself. But what seems to be different now is that they're building a community around the estate. They're putting in all the nice bells and whistles that were afterthoughts in previous developments. I don't think that really comes out so much in the media. It's just from listening to the people who submitted their applications. And you think, God, you know, this would be a really nice place to live because they've put thought into it. You know, I, I actually I think you nailed it there just in terms of community, because we talk mm. about um, delivering whole, delivering houses. Um, but at the end of the day, irrespective of the tenure, so whether it's uh, for public or private, social affordable um, or home ownership, the reality is we're, we're all the time trying to deliver good communities. And mm. actually, I think Irish property developers have always been very good at that. Um, during, I, you know, definitely during the Celtic Tiger years, uh, the, the standards dropped. But we always had we always had leaders who were very good at that. And they're the, the brand name developers that we still have today. And they're the people who are building world-class developments in Ireland and outside of Ireland. Um, and that ethos hasn't changed. So I think maybe what's happened is uh, regulation has pushed some of the 
some of the guys who maybe weren't in it for the right reasons and weren't delivering great schemes out. And so that is to be welcomed because we we end up that, you know, we still have maybe the best developments going forward. And, you know, the, the holistic nature of how we're planning now really does fall under mm-hmm. placemaking. We're not just trying to deliver homes. It's not just about units anymore. It is the placemaking element. And actually, the National Property Awards, I think, has the widest range in um award categories recognizing that mm. so actually for this year you know so yes you've got the ones you might expect like the irish agency of the year and um you know the the marketing of the year and i i really enjoy when we have um you know we look at leaders in the industry and future leaders mm. i'm actually really excited about the future leaders in the industry category this year because whether it's planning construction or across uh, property uh, and real estate in general, um, it can be difficult to attract new talent into the industry. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if, you know, me going out with my middle-aged message saying, no, seriously, it is a good industry. Come join us. That's not, that's not inspiring the next generation. I'm not fooling anybody. But I think when we see through the apprenticeship programs and we've done shows on that with I am sold and others, um, and we've spoken to people who've come up through the apprenticeship route and we're seeing some of the future leaders. I'm really excited about that. Are you seeing uh, through the Irish Property Owners Association or through Janice Estates, you know, do you get to see is there an appetite for newcomers, whether they're whether they're coming in at an agency level or a landlord level? Are you seeing young new talent coming into the industry? So much um, as landlords, um, there are some guys that I've worked with um, that are, are new landlords and, and they're delivering amazing projects. Um, and for the most part, these are guys with, with backgrounds in construction um, and they have thought about, you know, what somebody needs in a house. And we're talking now, we're not talking about family homes here. We're talking about bigger houses, houses of multiple occupancy or a house that a company would take to rent to their workers. You know, and these are like mini hotels in a lot of cases. Uh, you know, it's got the 200 channel. There's one lander in particular I can think of. He's rolled out a few of these in the last few years. You know, it's a big kitchen, two hobs, two ovens, so that there's nobody fighting when they come home from work in the evening. You know, they've televisions. The rooms are all en suite. They've temperature controlled rooms. You, you never see these guys kind of getting all you hear about is the awful slum landlord with the dirty house or whatever. But the new guys coming in are doing really good work. But, you know, with taxes and everything, are they going to stay? Yeah, look, I, I think that's a fair question. And it's something that the I, IPOA is doing a really good job flying the flag of. But I just don't know our policy makers listening. But um, believe me, on the on the media side, I'm particularly frustrated to see that it's the negative stories that rise to the top. By the way, I'm also very conscious that we're two females talking about this. And yet we keep saying guys. So actually, I think we need to acknowledge that there's still quite a gender imbalance across the industry, whether it's, again, planning, construction, real estate, we're still not getting kind of the the mm-hmm. the level that we need in terms of diversity. And I hope that's something that changes actually when we're welcoming the next generation in. Just looking at the apprenticeship programme, there definitely seems to be a better gender balance for real estate and for planning, maybe not so much for construction, but maybe off-site and modern, modern methods of construction as we lean more towards manufacturing. I think that might help but it's probably going to take a number of years. Um, Mary, I've never been an estate agent or a letting agent. You have, and you've been doing this for a long time. Um, 
how was it for you looking at the applications for, uh, say, teams of the year, agencies of the year, looking and uh, at property managers? And, you know, what can you kind of tell us about best practice in Ireland? Where are we? Where are like it's a heavily regulated area? Yeah. Is that what's driving it? Um, no, I don't think so. I, I, I'm sure it is to a degree, but I think there's just some people out there who are very innovative and are looking at what's going on in the States and Australia and um, the UK and are, are kind of, I suppose, modelling some of their practice and integrating it. Um, some of the property management stuff I was really impressed with, you know, in relation to cost savings for for the uh, blocks and things like that and for the owners and um, everybody's just kind of thinking forward all the time. I suppose the green agenda is very much on people's minds that uh, energy costs went so high last year. So, you know, how can we cut back? How can we, um, you know, make savings for for the owners? Um, and then I suppose with regards to marketing and advertising, you know, the use of social media completely blew up in agency over COVID. So that was one of the good things that came out. Um, so, no, it was all really interesting. Um, and I suppose the new one of buyer's agent as well. And um, that was a new um, category this year. Um, and a lot of, of people going out to look at a house wouldn't be aware that, um a buyer's agent exists and I think I told you the story that I'd met somebody at a viewing before Christmas and she when I asked just general chit chat I said you know how many houses have you looked at so far and she said well this is number 64 on on um, a spreadsheet and I thought right you have another bit to go because she really doesn't know what she wants she's going all around the city she sees a house at a particular budget She's somebody who really could do with a buyer's agent. And I spoke to her and I said, did you hear, yeah. you know, have you ever heard of a buyer's agent? And she said, oh, that's way too much uh, money for me. And I said, well, actually, if you look at the time and the money that you've spent um, going around the city every Saturday, now maybe it's a hobby for her. I don't know. But, you know, that's something that was nice to see this year as a new category. Do you know, I, I'm really glad you brought that up, actually, because I think the buyer's agency was the most necessary new category that, that went mm. in this year. And just when you talk about that particular lady having seen place number 64, I remember when I was writing the Irish Property Buyers Annual, one of the things that I actually put in very high, very high on the list of what not to do is not to view so many properties that actually you are, um, you know, when, when you go to an agent to say, yeah, this is my 64th. Uh, property generally it means that you don't know what you're doing you mm -hmm. you don't know what you want and you're essentially using the estate agent's time to figure it out and that's really unfair because everybody's time has a cost attached to it so actually I do think that um, I, you know I, I think that buyers today are more savvy they are better mm -hmm. with their research but actually I think they do need to be really respectful of people's time if something is vastly outside of budget don't waste people's time because actually you're losing credibility with the estate agent so actually when there comes a time when you are ready um if you haven't had your mortgage uh, in in order for the first year that you've been viewing properties you've, you've definitely lost credibility with that estate agent so you do i think buyers do need to get their house in order and you know it's it's good to look at lots of lots of different properties but you you need to be doing it in a focused way that actually when you're mm. looking at things, you're 
either confirming what you want or confirming what you don't want, but you're doing it in a strategic way. But this hit and miss just uh, damages your credibility. But by the way, obviously I'm biased in this, but I think every buyer going out should be using a buyer's agent. Um, And actually, I I think it's worth noting that the shortlist for the awards came out in the last couple of days. So um, the buyer's agents, I I know there was um, there was quite a long, long list, which we were Mm. really surprised Mm -hmm. by. Um, mm. And we were delighted and we really welcome this. But uh, maybe I uh, pass on our congratulations to those who made the shortlist. So we have uh, Liz O'Kane, Ireland's original house hunter, um, who started the movement decades ago. So I was delighted to see her in the mix. Andrew Rashkin, who's doing such a tremendous job uh, for inexperienced home buyers now and, mm. and sharing so much knowledge on social media that even yeah. people who aren't in a position to pay his fees gets to benefit from mm-hmm. a lot of the learning. Absolutely. And I think that's really important. And then you've got Clement Heron, Heron in, in Port Leash there, who's who's really kind of dominating in the Midlands. And, um, you know, he's bringing decades of expertise into the into the marketplace. And that's the kind of expertise that buyers, inexperienced buyers and, and busy, busy mm-hmm. uh, buyers just don't have access to. So um, congratulations to those shortlisted there in for the first ever buyer's agency category. And by the way, that's not just the first time it's in the National Property Awards. It's the first time there's ever been a buyer's agency award in in any award um, in Ireland. So we're really mm. excited about that. And I hopefully it will actually educate buyers to say, OK, there's a new category here. And actually, while, while we're congratulating people, we should probably congratulate those who made the future leader shortlist. And this was, again, another interesting one. So we've got um, Hugo Deegan, Ronan O'Reilly and Magella Galvin and they were just the the future leaders was really one of the most inspiring categories to look mm. at um, because you know we talked about how to attract talent into the industry and what's very clear is that the people who are coming in are so passionate about it yes did anything yeah. stand out to you about that particular category um yeah, they, they're just young and they're enthusiastic and they're out there and they're showcasing their skills and they're great role models for anybody else who want to to come into the industry that say, well, look, you know, they've done it. Why can't I? Yeah. And do you know what? The marketing side of it is huge and embracing social media. And of course, I would say that what's the old expression to uh to man with a hammer, everything's a nail. And, and that's probably how I feel about digital uh, communications. But it is true. Uh, you're you're providing so much value. I love that our marketing in real estate in Ireland is very education led. It's very, mm. um, you know, so it's not just, hey, I have this lovely house. It's, hey, have you seen this area? Do you know what's available in this area? Do you know that these are the government grants if you're looking to buy a home? And I think that's really good for the industry. Um, And actually, maybe this is a good time to congratulate the marketing teams who made the shortlist there. We've got uh, the marketing teams from Cairn, from Clonny Developments, from Glenbay Homes and from Hegarty Properties. And again, it's I think it's really good to see that you've got Publicly listed companies um, head to head with independently owned uh, yes. estate agencies from right across the country. So we're definitely getting that regional spread, which I love. Um, and, and, you know, again, obviously marketing, I, I'm fairly I'm fairly biased in my areas that I love. So this year, um, I actually the the PropTech Award, mm. I was really surprised by because PropTech in Ireland, we know we know through PropTech Ireland is still a small enough category although it's growing but um this year they had a huge number of entrants so this is actually one of the really challenging 
categories um, to judge this year. So in terms of you operational on the ground, um, were you familiar with many of the prop techs that came and many of the solutions? Them, but some of them have kind of been around a while and you kind of think, oh, all right, they've been around a while. But the presentations were really good and you looked at them with a new eye and kind of said, oh, right, okay, is this something I could look at again? So, yeah, um, very impressive. Lots of lots of entries. Um, actually, it's really, that's an interesting perspective to hear because I'm, I probably am familiar with so many of the prop techs because we would have mentored many of them over the years. And I was really struck by that as well, that actually the entrance we got and the really, really strong entrance, uh, there, there wasn't the same uh, or it, it wasn't the novelty factor that pushed them. Actually, what we're seeing now is a real maturing of the mm. tech sector in Ireland. So actually, these are companies that have been around a long time, some of them longer yes. than 10 years. They're, they've got great traction in the marketplace. They're being really steadily used and relied upon by estate agents and letting agents and property management companies. And so that, I think, was the real surprise for me, because I think even last year we were still maybe in a little bit of novelty stage. Um, so actually, again, pass on our congratulations to those shortlisted for the PropTech Awards. And they include I Am Sold, a Keyholder, Offer and Property Button. And they're all Kind of, you know, with the exception of one of those, they're kind of household names across the industry mm. in Ireland and well established. So actually, I think that I'm hoping that will really serve as an inspiration for others, maybe who are at an earlier stage and still trying to get that market traction. And, you know, a state agency doesn't have a great reputation for jumping on innovation. But I do believe that's changed in the last few yes. years. Um, And Mary, you don't have to tell me. You, you don't have to tell me this, but I'm curious as an agency owner through the applications process, did you see any piece of technology and say, oh, you know, I might try that. I might look into that. Yeah, I did. Now, I remember I'm very small and I do mainly lettings and hot sales. So, But but you did. OK, so that means, OK, the property yeah. wards are doing their job. They're actually What's showcasing. This way? I looked at one and I said, oh, I looked at that a while ago and I've kind of forgotten about it. Let's explore that again. So. Right. OK, well, actually, you know, then I'm going to repeat all of those shortlisted just to make sure that if anybody else is listening in, if you haven't explored these, please explore them and see, could they be a solution for you and your team? So that's I am sold, keyholder, offer and property button. Um, so I suppose they're kind of they're the, they're the areas that I'm always very focused on. But on the asset management and the letting agents, let's look at the asset managers um, or the asset management companies of the year shortlisted where Aviva and P PGIM Real Estate, again, big household brands that are just so good at what they do, I, you know, and, and congratulations to those shortlisted, you know, and, and similarly on the agency side. So we might just take a moment there to recognise Irish Agency of the Year. Um, It's great to see Hook and McDonald. They, they've been repeat winners, so it'll be interesting to see who can... Who, who can move them from their throne. We've got Owen Riley there again, just one of the fastest growing independent estate agents um, generating their own data, you know, just such leaders in the independent estate agency space. It's delighted to see. And I was delighted to see Liberty Blue, Regina Mangan's company from Waterford. We talked about, you know, really not having this Dublin-centric focus. Um, so it was fantastic to see uh, a, a female-led independent agency that, started from the ground up um, there. So congratulations to 
to all of the agencies there shortlisted. Really excited to see. Um, of the other categories, Mary, what what categories did you find kind of particularly interesting? We talked about social impact and sustainability. Is that on the radar yeah. of industry right now? It is, but I don't know that it's out there. Um, like those projects that, that were submitted, I don't think I was aware of any of them. Now, maybe I'm living under a stone. But um, yeah, there were some really interesting ones. Yeah. Um, and but, what I really liked was that they're getting in at the ground with school kids getting involved in things. So they're they're trying to, you know, build it from the bottom up and, and get social awareness and energy awareness and sustainability from primary school level, which is something we never had. Yeah. And you know, isn't, again, where we live, the built environment is our most basic, uh, is mm. our, our most basic need, one of our most basic needs. So I think it's so important that this happens. And I think across ESG, ESG is in danger of becoming a little bit too much of a buzzword, even though there are really strong regulatory, regulatory drivers mm underpinning them so I was really excited to see in terms of the we had categories for a sustainability in, in, in initiative and we had uh, Mola Architecture in there who are really uh, leaders and Host in Ireland delighted to see them in there because that's the industry body that brings together those delivering data centres and data centres is another sector that has gotten you know um, maybe some undeservedly bad press mm -hmm. and yet we can only have this conversation. You know, before COVID, I would have had to bring you out to the studio in Dublin South FM, come up to the top floor at Dundrum mm -hmm. Town Centre. And, you know, it, it would have taken a huge chunk out of our day. Today, we're able to do this via Zoom, store it, all then circulate on social media, all because we actually, none of that would be possible without data centres. And I think there's a real disconnect in yeah. um, understanding the key offering that data centres provide. So I think Host in Ireland do a good job in trying to um, trying to to address that. So I was delighted to see them there in terms of some of the sustainability initiatives that they've done. And that one in particular is around bees. Um, so, yes. you know, it just shows that actually the industry is doing its bit in terms of encouraging uh, biodiversity um, as well. And I see civic engineers in there as well. So excellent. And in terms of social impact, um, you know, so, you know, again, sometimes we have a tendency to forget that ESG, you know, the the, uh, the environmental side, the E is very important, but the social side of it is huge as well. And it's the one that maybe I, I feel very passionately needs to be driven. Um, so congratulations there to the LDA, to Glenway and Civic Engineers, their social impact initiatives made the shortlist. But actually, that was a really interesting category as well. And you know, it's funny, in the past, we might have relied on those delivering social housing to deliver social mm. impact, whereas I was really happy to see the Property Awards put them in separate categories because we have such strong social housing um, deliverers through the approved housing body. So congratulations to, to a housing, Galway County Council, Circle VHA and to Oakley, um, all shortlisted there and doing stellar work in delivering social housing under really difficult circumstances and conditions in the marketplace right now. So um, a really interesting one in terms of uh, social housing. You know, the, I, I think that actually the there's been quite a bit in the media about um, essentially pri uh, social and affordable housing almost competing with first time buyers in the marketplace. And that's been quite unfair. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, maybe the awards is a good time to look across, to look across um, 
all of the housing sector and say, actually, we need new housing in all of these sectors, all types, all tenures. And yeah. maybe we need to stop pitting providers against each other. Um, on the property management side of it, again, that would be maybe more your area than mine. Was there anything that stood out to you in that particular category? Um, there was, I think, was it three shortlisted there? Yeah. So congratulations to Aramar, yeah. uh, Schnitzer yeah. Born Property um, Services and to Wise Property Management. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting that um, Schnitz, I can't yeah. pronounce it. Um, they're a company who are obviously very busy and um, that I'd never heard of. Obviously, I've heard for, of Wise around for 40 years. So it's nice to see somebody that you haven't heard of and to see what they're doing. And um, I suppose what was particularly engaging about them is that they seem to um, engage with their their um, owner occupiers or their tenants that they meet with them um, uh, once a month or whatever to find out what's going on on the ground, which I thought was really nice. It's obviously quite time consuming, but it would give um, owners in a complex um, very much reassurance that somebody is listening to them. So yeah. I learned something from that. Do you know, and look, that's the whole idea. I think you and I have spoken on and off air about sometimes the, the industry is doing so much good and nothing comes out of it. And yeah. not, not that, well, sorry, I don't mean nothing comes out of it. As in they, they don't get the credit. It happens behind the scenes. And in fact, just yesterday, I was interviewing somebody who is developing um, an ESG platform for the industry. And when we were talking about, say, construction in particular and looking at the social value and the social impact side of it, what was really interesting is that uh, we found that when you went through the data points of, say, the environmental side of it, you know, we have mm. had to make a lot of changes in how we deliver the built environment to be able to comply with driving uh, with regulations, driving change towards zero carbon and certainly lower carbon buildings. Mm. But what was really interesting on the social side is we don't the construction industry doesn't have to do a huge amount more because actually the construction industry has always been delivering social value locally in terms of providing local employment, uh, creating a local employee chain, uh, a, a supply chain around local projects um, in terms of, you know, gosh, for many decades now, building companies will have their brand on local GEA jerseys. In fact, when we opened our Galway office years ago, which was one of the first things we did because you know, I think there's always been that ethos, even if it hasn't maybe been portrayed in the media, that actually home builders and developers regularly are local businesses. They're, they're local providers when they're in their own area and they contribute in so many different ways. So actually yeah. the, the, the S, the social and ESG is, is kind of one of the more interesting ones because construction companies in particular and real estate things. companies, they don't have to change a lot. All they have to do is record what they're doing. Because actually, they've always been providing social value. And, uh, you know, actually, just in that place, maybe it's good to acknowledge the property developers who were shortlisted in the National Property Awards this year. And that's Ballymore, Cairn and Glenbay. And also in terms of placemaking initiatives, Cairn were shortlisted for a really interesting project, uh, Cluid Housing Association. Again, really interesting to see a placemaking initiative around social housing there and also Shannon Airport. So I loved the diversity of placemaking projects mm. because it just showed that actually community is not just about where you live. It's actually where you work as well. So that yeah. was that was maybe another interesting thing. Is that something you see on the ground across maybe your membership of the IPOA? 
you know, are you seeing a, a recognition of maybe the importance of placemaking and providing something more than the physical building? I think you probably not because a lot of our um a lot of our members would only have one or two properties. Um and okay, it's all around the country, but it's it's kind of hard to to develop that to the same extent when it's on such a small scale. Um, and now we're only talking about the people who made the shortlist. And I'd like to mention, like, there were so many great applications. And anybody who applied put time and effort and thought into it. So obviously that's going, they've had to think about their practice. So that's going to drive their practice going forward. So even if they haven't been shortlisted, they're still a winner. Yeah, and I know that sounds very, you know, like every child who competes gets a medal. I don't mean it to, to sound like that, but like all the the um, all the applicants put time and effort into their um, their application, and and you know it's it's a pity that we've had to shortlist them, but you know that's life. Yeah, you know, and actually that's a I I actually think that's a really fair point because going through the process of entering an award does give a business owner and business leader a chance to kind of step back and almost reflect yeah. on their business practices. And I hope it's helpful. Um, You know, like we just skimmed through them today, but I hope it's helpful for businesses who m- did or didn't enter the awards to look at those shortlisted and kind of say, OK, I wonder what they're doing that actually would help me drive improvements across yeah. my business and across our team. And, you know, I, I think it's great to position everybody who has, um, you know, who has taken the time to enter and therefore gone through that reflection to look at their practices and kind of, you, you know, show that there's a win in that. But actually, I suppose the ultimate winner there or, or here is really for the consumers because actually the output of all of this for all of our work is better places to live, work, socialize and spend time. So actually the consumer um, mm-hmm. of the built environment, which is everyone, is the winner when we improve our standards. Um, and I suppose maybe one of the final things we might touch on there is something that's quite topical in the media, but also topical in response to the ongoing housing crisis um, because we know that supply needs to come from all types and tenures and that actually there's there this year for the first year, we saw a really interesting cohort um, of applications and applicants coming forward for renovation, redevelopment and repurposing Mm. projects. Mm. And again, um, Cluid Housing, Grayling Properties, Henry J. Lyons and RKD were shortlisted for projects. But actually, we could have had triple that shortlist Mm. with such really interesting and relevant projects and for me this is one of the maybe the most important categories this year Mm -hmm. because projects that are looking at renovation redevelopment and repurposing they're things the rest of the industry can learn from so they're the ones that we definitely want to shine a light on and say okay this is what's happening in this part of the country are there vacant or underused buildings in your part of the country that could have similar potential and i think Mm -hmm. that that's maybe one of the really interesting ones um, so I suppose, uh, you know, we we have the judging process was a really busy one. The, uh, this was the mm-hmm. most amount of applicants uh, of, of since the award started. They were such high quality. It definitely made the shortlisting process more challenging. Um, mm-hmm. But on the positive side of it, it shows that the industry is leveling up, you know, particularly in the last few years in a way that 
we really needed it to. We wanted it to. Um, and they are embracing technology. And, you know, quite frankly, a couple of years ago, I was starting to get disheartened that that was never going to happen. Um, so I think using the tools that are available and um, I suppose I, I, I'm conscious that that while I look to the regulations as being the drivers or, you know, the new technology and actually trying to encourage people to jump on it, I think maybe your perspective is maybe a little fairer to the industry that the industry has always been doing its best and that it does, it, it rises up as service providers, not just in line with regulation. Um, before we finish up, Mary, you know, just because you are an agency owner, as well as being the chairperson of the Irish Property Owners Association, you know, how important is something like the awards for the industry, for the, for the, I suppose, the sentiment across the industry, for the pride in the occupation, which, as we've noted, has been lacking? I think it was, like, I was at the awards uh, dinner last year and it was just a really nice night of everybody coming together. OK, there were winners, there were losers. Everybody put on the brave face. But to actually even apply means you're putting yourself out there and you're subject to scrutiny. So um, it's just, I suppose, you know, we're all kind of working our own little, to use the word silo, and we're all, mm. you know, focused on what we do day to day. And you mightn't see what else is going on out there. And I just think it's a really nice showcase of everything that's good in Irish property. Very good. And, you know, Mary, I, I think it's really fair to make the point that you're on the judging panel this year, so you won't get the recognition. So I'm going to give it to you now. You have been doing amazing work uh, in your capacity as chair for the Irish Property Owners Association. It is so important that uh, landlords are able to have pride in what they're doing and that they're delivering to, when they're delivering to high standards. And by the way, we know that there's a gap between those who are doing it right and those who aren't. And mm -hmm. so when we talk about it here, we are talking about those who are doing it right, that are genuinely service providers trying to do a good job. And I, and, um, I think your advocacy for uh, property owners through the Irish Property Owners Association has been really stellar in the last year or two under really challenging and almost relentless um, pressure and maybe policy changes that just haven't been as responsive to market needs and to the data. That, as it should be. So um, I just want to say, you know, if, if there was a category, I, I would definitely have liked to see you shortlisted, Mary. But um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time today because I know you're very busy with your own agency at Janice Estate. So uh, thank you for taking the time to do this. I always appreciate, um, I always appreciate the chat and your insights and you sharing your, um, your insights and your experience. So thank you so much. Um, that was Mary Conway, chairperson of the Irish Property Owners Association and judge at the National Property Awards 2024. My thanks to producer Katie Talon and to the production team at Hear Me War Media and huge thanks to our show sponsor, DAP.ie, Ireland's most visited property website. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Property Roundup. In the meantime, please be sure to check out all of the other Irish and international real estate and construction shows here on iPropertyRadio.com and we look forward to seeing you at the Intercontinental Hotel at the National Property Awards Gala dinner on February 29th.